Hello there, and welcome to episode 11 of Right You Are, with me, John Payne. I uh, hope you've been enjoying the uh, the recent podcasts. I've been uh, doing a lot more recently, so as I say, hope you're enjoying them. Um, yeah, I'll just catch you up on what I've been up to, and then I will read the the next chapter of the Badger Helper Watcher. We're up to chapter 7 now which I think is called, I don't know, yeah, it's actually called Poor Gary. So, there you go, Poor Gary, I'll, I'll read that in a, in a couple of minutes. Uh, first, yeah, what, what have I been up to? Well, uh, reading-wise, I've been reading The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson Burnett. And uh, it's a children's book, obviously, you've probably heard of it, uh, but it... It's very nicely written. It's, uh, it's about a little girl called Mary Lennox, who's uh, sent to Misselthwaite Manor, and she's pretty much a very yeah neglected child. Uh, she grew up in India, and their parents didn't pretty much want to know her, and they die of cholera. And she's sent to sent back to England to stay at this manor. And although she's she's a result of she's uh, you know her, her behaviour is a result of her way her parents treat her, so she's quite awkward at first and rude. But she graduates, she uh, gets to love the the area. Uh, she comes across this secret garden as well. I won't give away how she finds it, but um, as her love for the garden grows. She she comes out of herself, and it's kind of set around springtime. And as the flowers bloom, she she blooms and becomes a nicer person. It's it's really a beautiful story. I've uh, found myself reading it quite late into the night, and the first thing I do in the morning is uh, sneaking into a chapter here and there. So it's a really nice read. So I can heartily recommend it. Um, also. What I've been doing uh, writing-wise, I've written a bit more of the Bright Future sequel, but I've started another project. I know I probably shouldn't do anymore, but um, it's an idea that came to me. If, um, it's been done before. Yeah, I believe the uh, the guy that wrote the uh, the Martian can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he did this. He wrote a little bit on on his website or something. Um, every day or I don't know how often he did but uh, that's what I'm going to do I've decided to try and do a fantasy novel which I've never done before and um, just do a little bit every day on my website which is uh, com. if you want to check it out it's on, it's on one of the pages it's not the best design website I'll be honest with you but um, it's there somewhere uh, it's called Reckoning Day. That's it, Reckoning Day. So keep an eye out for that on the website. And uh, the idea is, I, I, well, the idea is that there is no idea. Here. I'm, I'm trying to do it without a kind of set plan. And by the end of it, I'll have a first draft of something to work on. Because so, it's always good to have something to be working on. And it, it's always a help if you've already got something there to 
yeah, you've got the backbone or something. You can just chisel away at it so it's so it's right. Uh, you know, it's much better than starting from scratch when you've finished the book. It's writing a book. It's harder to start again. I mean, you've got to start again at some point, but it's better, if you see what I mean, to have have, have something already there to work on. Uh, so, and it helps as well if you're working on a long-term project to have other stuff on the go. So when you get a bit fed up with the long-term project, you can go to that. So I've got, got a Choose Your Own Adventure book that I'm working on. So I'll go back to that at some point, and then when I get sick of that a bit, I'll go to something else, go to the Bright Future sequel, and, and so on. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. So let me know what you've been up to if you want. Uh, send me a message on the uh, the WordPress site, or leave me a message on here. It's because it's leaving messages, isn't it? Uh, answer messages. Kind of, um, yeah, answer phone messages, but yeah, good luck messages and things. Anyway. I'm going to read out the next chapter about your help or watch, you know. Chapter 7 of The Badger Helper Watcher or Poor Gary The rest of Sam's afternoon went surprisingly smoothly indeed. Ms. Mindham taught both of Sam's classes and for someone so mellow and laid back she had a remarkable control over everyone. Sam wondered why no one was swinging around on the lights like monkeys. Come to think of it, where were the monkeys? They usually swing around on classroom lights. Also, everyone seemed to be paying attention to what Ms. Mindham was saying. Things were certainly proving to be very different here. Something that had been worrying Sam from the word go was the whole situation of being introduced to a new class. Ms. Mindham certainly wasn't the type to make him stand up in front of the class and tell everyone about himself. But how else would she do it? Sam had seen the situation go badly wrong before, sometimes ending in tears or long-term phobias. As it turned out, Ms. Mindham had the almost perfect way of handling it, with a minimum of embarrassment caused to all parties, especially Sam. She waited until everyone was really getting into their English exercises, then asked the class really softly, does anyone have any questions for our new friend, Sam? To Sam's relief, there was no response. So Ms. Mindham looked up at him and winked. I didn't think so, she said, and got back to laughing at her Garfield look. But then Sam felt a tap on his shoulder from behind him. He turned around, a little ner- sorry, he turned around, a little nervous about what he was going to be asked. Are you any good at football? said a boy with short black hair and a larger-than-average nose. Sam was quite taken aback by the question, mostly because no one had ever bothered to ask him that before. They'd always just made him play, not caring whether he was any good or not. You would have thought that they'd take the hint after 52 times of him kicking the ball off-field whenever anyone passed it to him. But he was invisible to them all anyway, just there to make up the numbers. My name's Tom, by the way, Tom Bosworth. Are you any good at football? Sam snapped out of his bad memories and started to answer. I'm not really... But Tom Bosworth must have seen where his answer was going and cut him off before he could finish. It's just that our regular goalie, Gary, can't play at the moment. The boy with a larger than average nose looked worried. Is he okay? 
asked Sam, concerned. Oh yeah, he's not injured or anything. He's okay. Well, sort of. Tom drew a breath. It's just that about a week ago, he asked his lucky glove that he always wears to every match we play. He's been looking for it all week, but he still can't find it, and... He paused, presumably for some kind of dramatic effect. Maybe he had a bit of wind. He's getting a bit obsessive about it. Sam thought that was a bit crazy. That's a bit crazy, isn't it? I mean, how can gloves be lucky? Shh, he'll hear you, Tom said softly. He pointed over to the other side of the classroom, where a pale, nervous-looking boy was alternating opening his desk and asking the three kids who were sat to the front, back and left of him if they had seen his glove. Tom gave Sam a look of quiet desperation and started to explain why Gary believed his glove to be lucky. Well, at the end of the last season, the team were getting beaten, thrashed is probably a better way of putting it, in every single match. Eventually, everyone just gave up and quit. Everyone except Gary. Sam looked over again at Gary, feeling a little bit, feeling a little bit more sympathy for him. He was right next to the window. He seemed to be asking his own reflection if he'd seen the elusive mitt. Now, you may have noticed that the people in this town are very optimistic, mostly because of what happens every Friday, but optimism can only take you so far before the fact that your whole team wasn't meant to play football comes up and bites you on the nose like a moody cat. Sam was glad he had a dog. I was about to ask Tom about Fridays, but before he could, Tom continued his, continued his story with the passion of a boy who didn't want to do any English work. Sam tried to listen with the same enthusiasm. But for Gary, it wasn't about optimism. It definitely wasn't about winning, and he didn't used to give two hoots about losing. Tom paused again. Probably more wind. It was, it was about being a goalie. A goalie in a footy team. But Sam wasn't quite sure where this story was going, and this must have shown up on his face because Tom started to speed up his, his telling of it. The point is, Gary got a new team together, and at the same time got some new gloves. I don't know why, because his old goalie gloves didn't have a scratch on them. Can you see where this is going? Sam could feel that his face was looking a bit puzzled and tired. Exactly what was going on in his head. He got the sense that Tom wanted to finish his story, whether he understood or not anyway. Well, ever since these two new things happened, we haven't lost a single game. In fact, all the games have ended with several goals to us and none to the other team. There was something very obvious here that occurred to Sam. So obvious that he thought that Tom might have covered it already. He wasn't sure, so he pointed it out anyway. Um, Tom... Hasn't anyone mentioned to Gary that it might not be the Gloves that are winning the matches? There's probably the new team that's doing that. Tom looked at him with an expression that said to Sam, Do I look that stupid? And then he confirmed that that was what he was thinking. Of course we have, Tom groaned. But he just won't listen to any of us. He's too caught up, living in his magical world of Gloves, to see things for what they are. Sam started to imagine what that world was like, but was immediately snapped out of it by Tom. The even crazier thing is that in this season he's never even so much as touched the ball. We always keep it down the other side of the pitch, so he's got nothing to worry about. 
Can you help us out, Sam? Just for one match? I really don't think... Sam protested. Go on, Sam. You'd really be helping us out, and you'd have to do anything but stand there. You could even do your homework while standing in the goal. Sam thought about that, and it appealed... And it appealed to him in a rebellious yet nerdy kind of way. But he'd been in situations like this before where someone wanted him to do something. So he tried to convince him that this was what he wanted to do. Even though he'd started off not caring about it at all. Even so, instead of putting his foot down and giving Tom a straight no, Sam asked him, So how many matches would you want me to fill in for? He was cracking. Tom could feel it. Oh, just the one. I mean, Gary's pretty close to finding his lucky gloves, I reckon. They both looked over towards Gary, and he had, and he had his head in the space between the top of his desk and the inside of his desk, and he was slamming the top of his desk repeatedly on his head. Sam wasn't convinced. Well, there you go. That was uh, chapter seven of the Badger Helper Watcher, or uh, what was it called? Oh, yeah, or Poor Gary. There you go. About the guy there. I like that last line about uh, Sam wasn't convinced. Uh, so there you go. That's the end of this show. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, there's lots of other ones to listen to. If you check back catalogue here on the Anchor. And uh, it might depend on where you're listening to it, on iTunes or whatever. So, that's it. I'll go off and do a bit of writing now or something. And see you next time. I'll leave you a bit of, with a uh, bit of appropriate music as well. See ya. <laughs>